Um, real traders don't always make money. You know, uh, real traders are going to, you know, tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly because they all exist. Um, I've not, I'm doing this 20 plus years. I have not seen someone who makes money every week. It just, I haven't seen it. Um, and we, and we've been, you know, on the other side of the fence for tens of thousands of traders. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's disingenuous. I think that, um, it's not real. And I think it gives people a false sense of security, um, in, in what it is they're doing. And not only that, you know, there are paper trading platforms out there that are very easy to copy and paste P&Ls and stuff like that. So buyer beware. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome to the Steady Trade Podcast. We have the special guest, co-founder of Trade Zero. Uh, he's the man who made hard-to-borrow stocks easy to short. For those with small accounts, Dan Pipitone, well, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, guys. Doing well. Uh, we also have Kim and Tim. Uh, I'm interested particularly for this podcast because Tim Bone is a diehard long. So I'm interested to see how, <laughs> how Tim and Dan get along as, as Dan is. is uh, remember, so I, I <laughs> nine, nine years of my trading career, I was 95% a short seller, okay? And where were you back then, Dan? Where were you back then? I, I remember the days of, of getting in the chat on Thinkorswim every oh, goddamn morning. got to bring you back to the side. Yeah, every morning. <laughs> chatting with those guys you got a thousand shares of this you got a thousand shares of that you know and it i we used to change brokers every six months because the borrows so so yeah where were you back then it, you know it's was. so funny that you mentioned that because you know sort of the evolution of what we've done and you're right you know 10 years ago this wasn't a thing yep. um and um but and when we first started in the bahamas it it you know we we, we kind of arrived at this whole model really out of a byproduct of the easy to borrow list at our clearing firm being terrible. Right. So, um, you know, we, we started, uh, you know, we, we started with the first uh, vendor that we were working with. And like you, like you were saying, nothing was built into the platform. Everything was manual. Yep. There was a lot of chat back and forth. Okay. Do you have the stock? Yes, we do. This is the price. Okay. Do you want it? Yes. Oh no, I changed my mind. There was a lot of that, but you know, it, it just kind of got the wheels turning and say, Hey, you know what, if we can automate this, make it easy, there's something here. Uh, because you know, it's one thing Tim, to be long and wrong, That's sure. one thing. but the other, the worst part about it is if, Hey, I know this thing's going to get a die like a dog, but now I don't have access to the stuff. Yep. Like, so, exactly. yep. you know, you guys as the traders, do all of the heavy lifting in terms of stock selection, entry, reading the news, choosing the direction. But you want to know that when you go to click the button, that the button is clickable, yep. right? So, yep. so, so that's it. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we've been doing. Um, and just f from a high level, uh, just accentuating on that and, 
just kind of expanding on the offering, making it more robust, you know, more encompassing in terms of the symbols, uh, increasing the functionality. You know, we've introduced the ability for people to sell locates back, kind of like a marketplace for these things. Um, you know, so just and, and, and just continuing to further the evolution of ensuring that if it's going to give our guy an advantage, why not do it? Right. Yeah. If we're not breaking any rules and if we can come up with a better mousetrap and a way to, you know, to by putting even a few pennies back in, in the trader's pocket, that's adding a few pennies to the profitability. So I, yeah. I we're ever mindful of that in, in terms of the offering and and um, and you, you you've witnessed the evolution, albeit not through our eyes, but just as a trader of knowing kind of what was there 10 years ago onto, you know, kind of what we're offering today. And yeah, see, I used to love it back in the day. You know, back in the day, we were, I'm thinking back 2007 to like 2010, mm-hmm. air quotes, every penny stock trader was at Thinkorswim. You know, that was before the TD Ameritrade days. And I loved it because you jump on that because I've always been an early riser. So right. I was always like, I loved it. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was like Jocko Willink before anybody knew about Jocko Willink. I'm like, I'm up before the enemy. You know, I'm like, all these lazy bastards are sleeping in and I'm reserving all these stocks. Then that went away and, you know, Mm -hmm. and then went to go over to IB and, you know, IB's okay, but, you know, but then you end up in that lots of times the shares just go away. You know, the worst part is one of my favorite setups was that late day fade. And by the time it gets to late day, shares are all gone. And it's like, I've been watching this thing for six hours. And like you said, now the buttons, you know, light green instead of dark green. Like, right. ah, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and just, I just, as a side note, because, you know, I've been kind of following you guys for, for a long time. I think that, you know, we have, um, we have uh, been traveling in sort of parallel paths uh, career wise in this space. Um, at my last, you know, iteration was a company called Noble Trading that we started in 1999. These gray hairs aren't—they are real. Um, and um, you know, we were—we were—we ran that thing until 2010. We sold it to Lightspeed Trading. But during that time, uh, you know, the dot-com bubble burst. You had the you know financial crisis, and um, you know, a whole new crop of day traders were born. And uh, I remember fairly vividly, uh, a gentleman, Tim Sykes, and you guys are affiliated. He yep. was trading with us at, at Noble, uh, you know, at the time. And he had a show on TV. It was called uh, Wall Street Warriors or something. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and really, you know, I remember speaking to Tim on the phone. He was a much younger guy, as was I. And uh, I was like, hey, I turned my bar mitzvah money into millions of dollars and this, this, this. I'm like, wow, this kid's good. He's got something here. So, so I've been... You know, I've had I had a front row seat back then, and um, you know, I've been kind of watching you guys from you know arm's length for for some time, and I have to say, I mean, uh, thoroughly impressed. And you guys have have really built something out of um, you know out of out of what you do, which is yep. organic and and kind of been fun to watch. So kudos to you, and uh, you know, you have a fan over here. <laughs> can I can I just ask go down like? What, what was the like mission statement or what was the purpose when you just thought I'm going to create trade zero? Like what was the reason behind it? Yep. So great question. Uh, and we first started actually in 2013 in the Cayman Islands. So we have a company called Turnkey Brokerage Solutions. Uh, when we sold Noble Trading to Lightspeed, 
we we had been working on creating the the DMA platforms that that we uh, that we sell today. We started back then, and when Lightspeed bought Noble, they weren't interested in the in the in the technology. They had Lightspeed Trader, yada yada yada. So um, we we started the technology company, and actually Lightspeed. Um, there was some non-compete issues and whatnot, but we kind of worked through it. Um, but they became a customer of ours on the platform side uh, and, and were using my web trader up until December of last year. So we created a broker-neutral technology company. One of our other customers was a company called DMS Bank. They are a you know, fairly large institution based out of the Cayman Islands. We partnered with them on the first iteration of Trade Zero. The idea was doing commission-free trading. You know, we, we were very accustomed to, um, you know, into how the rebates work and the payment for order flow, having just, you know, sold Noble Trading. So, um, you know, we said, you know, if we can get the right pricing, we have the technology, we should be able to put forth a commission-free model. So in 2013, we launched Trade Zero Offshore months before those guys in Silicon Valley even were, I was just going to say, this is, this is way, way before Robinhood. Yeah, yeah. Literally, Tim, I mean, I sat here in New York when we, you know, we, we were kind of back and forth the Caymans when we were setting it up. And I watched these two guys describe our model on <laughs> Robinhood. And listen uh-huh. to their credit. I mean, they've knocked the cover off the ball. They've made onboarding uh, and investing super easy, maybe too easy, says the state of Massachusetts. But, um, <laughs> But, but oh, I was blown away just real quick on that point. My son, you know, my son is finally getting a little bit interested. Right. Oh boy! And, and I <laughs> welted him. Ah. And oh, so, I, so he's like, "Hey, he's like, Dad, all the, everybody's got Robin Hood." I'm like, "That's cool. Throw a couple hundred bucks in there. You blow up, whatever." Right. But I was blown away. I'm like, "So let's set up an account." I'm like, "That was it." That's it. I'm Three like, minutes. Holy shit! I already that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, so we wanted to do commission free. We thought that would, there would be some legs there. Um, you know, we thought it was a great idea. And, um, but having just sold a broker dealer in the U.S., being totally transparent, we weren't really looking to jump right back into that regulatory fray. Um, and so, you know, we're starting offshore. And, and that's kind of how the, the idea and the concept was born. Um, we had the technology. And we always knew that it became very apparent early on that, when you're doing that sort of service bureau business, each broker dealer, there's not going to be a scenario where the firm is just going to take what you have, right? Every customer, every broker dealer has potentially thousands of their customers that have wants, needs, and desires. So it just, it just became too much. You know, we just, it's just not something that we were looking to, to further. Uh, and so since that day, you know, um, all of the white label deals that we've had, that we had in place at Turnkey have since been, you know, ended through, you know, those contracts ending. And so now, you know, we're really the only users at Trade Zero proper of the technology that we built. I just have to tell you, Don Seymour from DMS, he's uh, yes. one of the, he's, he's one of the guys featured in my books. I really? interviewed him for Conscious Men and Women us. of Finance. I will, I will. It's yeah. just such a small, you know, incestuous it, world. To it's a small world. street, right? The street goes globally, but it's a small street. You know, it's funny, what our first time down in the Cayman Islands, it's a quick story, um, you know, DMS Bank, DMS Bank, what do we know from New York? We know that they had offices in Rockefeller Center, actually, yep. the global company. Yep. yep. And we get down to Cayman, oh, yeah, we're in the Caymans, all excited. And we're in the car rental place. Literally, the guy behind us is wearing a DMS Bank shirt. 
on the radio that's playing. They're talking about DMS back. I'm like, holy God, these guys are. So you know, they are, you know, as, as, you know, as it relates to that island, I mean, they are, you know, a, a fairly big powerhouse uh, institutionally yes. uh, on, on, in Canada. And, and Don's story of like how he was able to create DMS all goes back to a school teacher and how the oh, really? school teacher totally took him under her wing. And just, you know, this, wow. the, this just how things get created because one person changes your life is just, right. it's and just, it's you so know, powerful. it's so, so powerful. powerful. Yeah. It's, and, and when he told the story, like I just, you know, I was sitting in the conference room in New York City, you know, all the fanciness. And then it's like back to the where it all began. Right. And it just gives you chicken skin, you know, yeah, goosebumps yeah, yeah. because you're just like, wow, that one person domino effect on everything now that we're sitting in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very really, cool. really, really cool stuff. And, and true. I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, you, we, we're presented with the, with opportunities like every day, you know, where we can do something to say, you know, we can do this or we can do that. Um, and just as a matter of practice, first being mindful of, of, of those decisions. And then secondly, understanding, you know, especially for someone like myself, I'm, I got my fingers in a lot of things. I touch a lot of people uh, and I'm ever mindful of, of kind of just what you say, you know, so a word this way or that way, or another five minutes of my time this way that can really make the difference of, of someone's a good day or not a good day. And then that can matriculate on into a month or, you know what I mean? So I hearing those stories is, is really powerful, you know, especially from people who are successful and have done it. Can I just ask, Dan, um, with Robin Hood, they position themselves as a very long, long-based broker. Yes. How, how would you position Trade Zero? I'm just curious for, like, when you're reaching out to potential traders, what, what can they expect? Well, we, I mean, we don't discourage long trading by any means. Uh, but long trading, you can do anywhere, right? Okay. There's, there's nothing sexy about the availability of a, of a stock long. I mean, if, if your broker doesn't have stock for you to buy long, then you need to leave that broker. Um, but what we're trying to do is the messaging is it's sort of the democratization of the stock market. Like why should one be penalized because they are a contrarian thinker? Uh, and by penalized mean you, you can't do it. Yep. So for us, you know, it's, it's, it's most important that we have access to the shares. Price is also important, but having the stock is, 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 is what's, you know, top. Um, and so for us, we always like to talk long and short because it's important that we're not just one side of the story. You know, you, you, you can buy directionally trade here with, with unfettered access, unlike in other places. Um, now, my, my, my main question, and, and this, this is the biggest question when, when I was excited to have you on is, you know, I kind of know the plumbing to a, a certain extent. But like what changed, you, you know, and, and this is for the listener as well, you know, why, you know, again, why in 2013, you know, were these stocks not shortable? Were they only shortable at Goldman Sachs? I mean, what changed there now? You know, because again, back then you either, a lot of times you just flat out couldn't short 10 right. different tickers that day yep. or they'd be available for like 10 minutes at six in the morning or whatever. So explain to, you know, again, I need some education, but also the listener, what's different with what you guys are and how do you do it? What, right. That's well, kind I of think, my question. So. I, I think really, Tim, it's, I, I don't know the exact answer, right? I can okay. tell you from our perspective, uh, and I kind of touched on it already. It's, 
it's like <clears throat> if you have the platform to deliver on the promise, then, then, then it's going to be something that not only works, but it's going to be something that will scale. You know, so doing doing locates through the chat system. I mean, you need not scale. You have to scale the operators, right? Exactly. And so how scalable is that? But once you oh, start- and there was this guy, this one guy, man. If I remember his name, there was this one guy everybody hated to get on Victor Swim. He was always he was like what the locate Nazi, no locate. He, he was a jerk. <laughs> and, and, and I, I mean, I'll pick a name. How about Steven? That's a good name. Oh, <laughs> oh, like, no. and, and like everybody in the Tim Sykes world would be like, oh, I got Steven today. That's great. That's so awesome. Because then you, you talk to Kim, and Kim would give you the shares. And you'd be like, it's like Steven would answer like five seconds, no shares. And you're like, wait a minute. You know, and then you'd get Kim, and it'd be like, just a sec. And she's like, yeah, I got you your thousand. And it was like, damn it, I got, you know, so anyway, but, well, but yeah, case, it's, it's just not scalable. Yeah. In this yeah. story. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I think it's just a byproduct of that. I think yeah. that this, the, you know, SEC lending has always been around. You know, yeah. many of the guys that I deal with who, who operate the desks that we interact with have been doing it for 30 years. Okay. Right? Um, but I think that the retail yeah. aspect, to your point, I think that companies like ours, uh, and, and guys like Steven who are, you know, yelling from the, from the mountaintops that this is a viable strategy. Um, it, it may not have been something that's been, you know, uh, talked about for a long time, but institutions have been doing it for forever. And I think that, you know, now we're at a place where the tech, not just on my platform, but others, where it's made the facilitation of doing this easy which makes it scalable, which means more people could do it. Bah, 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 bah. Fair enough. Fair enough. That, and, and that totally makes sense. I just, I guess I never yeah. thought of that. You know, right. <laughs> the fact that, it, that again, there was, cause there was only like five of those guys. Right. You know, how do you, how do you scale that to thousands of penny stock traders? You can't, you know, and, yeah. and, and then another broker might just, well, we just don't want to deal with it because right. we yeah. didn't have the technology. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, but I, I just have to jump in. Like, I remember when I was with, I used to be with IB and I used to, I was taking $3,000, $5,000 losses all, the, well, not all the time, but I took a few $5,000 losses. And then I found Trade Zero and I found out that you could have a $500 account, six to one leverage, that's two and a half thousand dollar account. And I had access because I'm international. I'm not from, I'm not from the States. I had access to these hard to borrow stocks. So Trade Zero were the account that made me profitable. Uh, and because it was a $500 account, if I blew them up, it wasn't like an IB account with $30,000, right? And I'm like, shit, I've lost $30,000. I was losing $500. I was using the five to one leverage. I had access to two and a half thousand, but I was only blown up 500 if I did blow up. And I had the access to the hard to borrow stocks that you cannot really get unless you've got the twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000 account. So for me, I used that leverage safely and I, right. used, and I, was, I was shortened safely. But I want to ask you, what would you say to people who say shorten's dangerous, leverage is dangerous, sure. shorten's like, yeah. what would you say to those? Because for me, I've, it's my key to profitability, but yeah. others, you've got to say it's, it's risky. Like leverage in and of itself is, it means risk. It's inherently, you know, you're going you're gonna to accelerate your, your, when you're right and when you're wrong. I mean, that's, so it is risky. By nature, it's risky because you're, 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 you're using funds that aren't yours, right? But it could also, it's also very powerful. And when you talk about shorting, you need a margin account. You need to have access to leverage just by nature of what shorting is. You're borrowing stock. So 
I, and, and, then, and then you also have, you know, theoretically speaking, you know, stocks can go up unlimitedly, right? So theoretically, uh, losses can be, you know, that little uh, infinite loop sign there. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's not reality, right? Because there are risk systems and whatnot, and stocks don't go up forever also. Where stocks can only go to zero, the loss is a finite. But again, if you're on margin, that doesn't mean that you can't go negative on your account. So the use of margin, you know, it's funny. 2003, I think it was, uh, we were running Noble Trading and, uh, you know, uh, very happily with $4,000 or $2,000, uh, a, a retail investor can come on and get two to one leverage and, and do whatever it is they wanted. And then, you know, with the, with the onslaught of, of day trading, and I guess people losing money day trading, the SEC, FINRA, NASD at the time, and their infinite wisdom came out with the pattern day trading rule under the auspices of protecting the investor. Let's protect the investor because if you have 25 grand, now I'm going to give you four to one <laughs> leverage, which in my mind, look, that just, I mean, that accelerates the risk. It just, it's anti what they were trying to do. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's, fact- a, that's like, that's like pretty much, I mean, remember, you know, that I, I say this quote all the time in relation to the PDT, but that Ronald Reagan quote, you know, the nine most dangerous words in the dictionary is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I mean, you know, so like where, like, it's just where these numbers were chosen, how they were chosen, why it just, it doesn't make any sense. So, so, so out, so out of what was supposed to be investor protection, I feel gave investors a longer rope to hang themselves with because at four to one margin, I mean, we see it all the time, you know, people max out and it's, it's unfortunate. So caveat, yes, margin can be dangerous if not used properly. My own personal opinion on shorting is that, yes, there, are, there, is, a, there is a whole set of fees that are introduced that you need to be comfortable with um, before you get into a short. But as a trading strategy, I think there's equal opportunity to make and lose long or short, fees aside. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, but Tim, Tim will maybe contest this, but I mean, look, I've, I've, well, he won't contest this, but I've, I've, I've tracked, say, 400 stocks that gap up more than 25% every single morning. And just the, the fact of the matter is uh, roughly 66% of them fail, like roughly 66% of them fail. So the average is, the, the probability is that if you either go short every gap or you go long every gap, your probability, your edge is in shorten. Like when it comes to these low price stocks, they fail. Your edges in shorting. So the more profitable strategy is on the short side. However, in 2020, in 2021, with all of these Robin Hooders, how high will the stock go right. <laughs> before it comes back down? And there's another round of $600 checks for money here yep. going out. So yep. fasten your seatbelts, boys. And you know, you know, and again, you know, just for just for Dan. You know, Stephen and I kind of have this battle, but a lot of it's just having fun on the podcast. But my biggest point is, and and Stephen knows this, he just likes to, Stephen's like, you know, likes to goad me. It's a lot like, we've like, known each other like four son. years now. It's good. It's, it's, he's like my son, just does. This, like the son you never wanted. Where's my coat? You know, oh, I, you know, anyway. But where's my tools? You know, but um, my biggest point is when you're talking about the, and Stephen knows this, you know, my biggest thing when I'm on social media and stuff, I know that on social media, I'm talking to newbies, okay? Yeah. And the biggest yeah. dilemma is if you're a complete newbie 
And if your losses are six times the size of your wins, it doesn't matter if 66% of these fail. And when you take huge losses, you know, you got to make so many good trades just to get back to break even. And that's why I beg people. And again, hey, nothing, you know, obviously, again, right. you can buy, you buy stocks at trade zero too, you know, so right. get a trade zero account. But, you know, my, that's always my point is to the complete newbie yes. that's logging on Twitter or going on stock twits or wherever. Right. It's like, listen, at least if you buy this gapper and it drops and flatlines the rest of the day, well, that sucks. You lost. But if you get squeezed because you shorted something in pre-market and your losses are five times or six times the size of your wins, you're going you're gonna to struggle. That, that's, that's who I'm talking yeah, about, whether it be sure. the podcast or on social media, you know, yeah. so. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think to your point, Tim, both, you know, long and short, it's, it's you know, the, the, the trading plan, um, first of all, there needs to be one. And, and second exactly. of all, it needs to be. Well, that, that's it. You know, it's like you if you got I mean? no, you got no stop. I mean, I mean, you're screwed long or short if you got no stop. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it's just a, for us, again, it's just a matter of making sure that people have the access. Yep. You know, they do what they will, but. If you want to do X, we want to make sure that we we can facilitate X. Uh, can I just check, like, if if you thought business, I mean, surely, surely with this influx of traders, surely with sports betting being off, lockdown, these checks that are coming through, people working from home or not working, being furloughed, like, how's Trade Zero been affected? Because I know we see like E Trades booming, we see that Robin Hudders are booming. Like, how have you handled the change in your business? Well, we've, I mean, we've tripled in staff this year, um, literally. Uh, I think we went from a headcount of like 27, we're like 80 now. Um, Congrats. Congrats. Listen, it's been insane, right? I I am, the last iteration, you know, Noble Trading, we ran it successfully, we sold it, but but there was only eight of us, you know? So for me personally, uh, it's been beyond eye-opening. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been a, a, a true learning experience in, in how to, um, to delegate and how to make sure that, you know, you're able to let go of, you, you can't do everything, you know what I mean? So for myself and my partners, it's been a real, um, learning experience. And, and I'm, and I'm not saying that the, the mission is complete because I'm, 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 I'm stressed out every day. You know, we just hired two. I don't even know who they are. I don't know their names. That whole getting comfortable with that dynamic of you're not going to be able to be personally invested in every, and that's, and that's still, as I even say those words, it like freaks me out. So for, it's been just, it's been great. Big picture has been huge, but for my own personal, like my own mindset and mentality, it's been a struggle and I'm still struggling with it because I'm used to having being hands-on, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, well, geez, that's, a, you know, it's funny just, you know, actually not, not to scare you, but um, that's one of the reasons I actually sold my business was we, I mean, we were still growing, we were doing well and, and, but just, it just, it, just, it, it, as it, the bigger it got, the more my stress got and it would just like, and I'm like, this and, and I just think you know you know it's just it's it, well we me and you should probably speak offline Tim right <laughs> I, 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 every morning I wake up and listen I love what I do I yep me and same with the business oh, yeah. I love it but I'm not having fun a lot of days <laughs> <You know what laughs> I mean? this is and I think I, I think 
I think I coined this phrase. <laughs> Somebody Google it and, and let me know. I've always, I've said this since like right before I retired, owning a business would be awesome if you didn't have employees or customers. <laughs> It would be incredible, man. <laughs> uh, 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 can I, can I just how we handled it? Growth in terms of you know headcount. We've ensured that you know from from a development roadmap. Uh, I, I'll never forget my CTO's words mid February. Dan, I'm nervous about what's happening. We need to stop everything right now and just focus on core infrastructure. Thank God he said that. Um, <laughs> so it's been you know, uh, we've been a little bit ahead of it. You know, luckily. Uh, we've had some you know, some folks in the right places making good decisions to uh, to keep things you know moving that way in the right direction. Can I can I just ask what what have you what do you think you've done well and what's something that you thought that you could have done better or that you kind of didn't do as well on as you could have? Uh, what we've done well is you know keeping the lights on. I think that is really you know throughout the, this whole pandemic is the fact that the system has been you know super reliable. Um, any of the issues we've had have been super minor. Um, there's been nothing newsworthy to that front. So I think we've done an amazing job at that. That being said, I have a laundry list and a huge pipeline of things that, you know, of dates that have passed where we were supposed to have made the deliverable, right? One of the main things we have a, we have a membership on the floor of the, uh, New York Stock Exchange Amex for options trading. There's six guys down there executing institutional option order flow for, you know, you name it, the, the largest institutions in the world. Uh, and this is kind of like a, my brother-in-law has been a, a trader on the floor, you know, his whole professional career. So when we bought the broker dealer, um, they were, you know, partnered with this one and that one who was not paying on time, this and that. So I was like, just come under our license. We'll get the membership, come under us. And by the way, um, you guys do what you do, but I feel at some point in the near future, we're going to be able to plug you guys in on the floor into the front end platform. So for some of my bigger options traders, sort of like a velvet rope experience where, you know, if you're someone in Minnesota and you want to speak to the guys on the floor of the Amex and, and maybe either call in an order or send you order, there, like creating a different level of service for options traders specifically where if you can imagine, you know, a, a Raymond James or a, or a Susquehanna, if they know that they're interacting with Trade Zero and on the other end of uh, the, some of the shows that they're getting is retail order flow, it's pretty powerful. So from the perspective of coming out with this plugging in my, my floor guys with my retail operation, that's something that should have happened months ago. So in terms of things that we haven't done, it's deliver on the product roadmap that we set forth, you know, at the beginning of the year, midway through the year and, and continue, um, you know, so uh, it would have been great to have a sexy option story that we were all talking about right now as part of our 2020. Uh, but we'll put a cork in that till mid next year, not the end of next year. mid, And, that, and then we'll have you back then, Dan, so you can talk yes. about yep. it. Okay. Dan, I have a question to the beginner traders, to some of the people that may not even, this may be the first time they're really learning about you. Mm-hmm. What is it that they need to know? What, what is somebody who's brand new, the baby traders, yes. what is it that they need to know about you and what you represent for them? Well, I think that for us, we represent a place that will, you know, uh, provide them in the U.S. totally commission-free experience. Uh, we will provide them equal access to long and short. But for the new trader, 
Uh, I think we're even getting ahead of ourselves. The new trader, as we, as we alluded to earlier, the trading plan is important. And as a new trader, what's most important are your percentage gains and losses. It's not the dollar amount, right? Yeah, exactly. If you yeah, can yeah. prove yourself with five or 10 shares, yep. don't be greedy, you know, because if you can, if you can demonstrate that you can be, you know, trade flat or positively with this small amount of shares, believe me when I tell you going from five to 100, 200 shares is not going to make any sort of difference in the quality of your execution, the speed and all that other stuff. So, you know, it's, 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 it's much easier said than done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for people who have been doing this forever, you know, you, you, it's hard to to maintain the discipline, even when you know what you should be doing. But that's the key. You know, whatever it is, whatever it is for a person, new, old or whatever, um, as it relates to a trade or not their age. Um, but whatever it is that that you do for yourself that keeps you in line to what you know you should be doing, whether it be eating, exercising, whatever you want to make sure you're implementing that same dynamic as it relates to you know keeping you in line with your with your decisions on your trading because it's not always going to come back you know what i mean it's just not you know and small losses are much better than big ones yeah i I tell you that's something we talk about all the time on the podcast you know is that idea like like when people come to me and they're like you know or or whether it be on social media or something they're like oh i'm i only made 50 bucks and then they show it and they, and they made like $300 account. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And they right. made like two bucks a share on a $1 stock. And I'm like, do you realize what you just did? I'm like, that is incredible. Yeah. Don't give me this only 50 bucks yeah. stuff. You got a $300 account and you made two bucks on a, sh- you know, on a stock that went from one to three or three to one, whatever. I'm like, that the is what you need. Status. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And just and, and and figure out how you did that and figure out how to keep doing that. And then, you know, save some money, you know, whatever, or, or you build your account organically or then scale up. Yeah, yeah. So I hate it when people are like, Oh, I only made this when I'm look like you said, look at the percent gain, look at the per share, you know. So and all of that stuff is, you know, is, is available in the platform. So you're able to see, you know, percentage and whatnot. Um, the other, the other thing is too, is paper trading. You know, there's yep. nothing wrong with paper trading. Um, it's, it's, and especially for a newer, newer investor, some of the platforms that we sell uh, aren't really geared to the new person. You kind of have to have an idea as to what you're looking at. So, so if you, but if you, if you feel that you need to have the same tools that the pros do, then um it, it makes a lot of sense for you to, to download a copy of the software. You can try it for free. You know, even though it's delayed data, it, it at least, you know, where to click, when to click, you know, and all that other stuff. So that yeah. some of the mistakes you potentially make, yeah. uh, you know, with real money, you, you wouldn't be making. So it's, it's always a good idea when you're trying a new platform. The mobile, obviously not. Anybody can pick up the mobile and go. But if you want to use a more robust platform, it's always a good idea to make sure you try it before you actually you know, start committing real dollars. Yeah. yeah. Steven, Steven will probably argue with me on this as well, but something I always say, I'm like, listen, if, if you're shorting your first 1 million float, 400% runner (laughs) with real money, man, you need to freaking reconsider your decisions. Okay. Cause it's counter. I mean, especially if you're new, I mean, people, it's like, wait, you sell before you buy. I got a negative position. You know, it's like, it's like get the mechanics figured out. Before you try and shorten this 400% runner, you know. You just said there, 
you identified a very unique situation in that there was a low float. So obviously the, the person who's shorting should know the fact that they're to, to look for the fact that, you know, there's a float size and whatnot. So, so, you know, it's with education that you can uh, hopefully know what things you want to look for before you, you're entering into a trade. That's basically just know what you own, right? I know what sure. you're borrowing. It's just know what you own. If, you, if, if you're short in a stock and it's a 500,000 float, million float, the volume's 20 million pre-market. I mean, there's a very, very good chance unless you've got your hockeys ready to get out on the bottom, you're going to get smoked. And you, you, you just need to know this. I'm, I'm just curious to know, like, Dan, what do you think about all of these people on Twitter who just all post profits all the time <laughs> and, never post, and never post losses? And then, and then the real new guys... The new guys just think I'm rubbish at trading because they don't know the truth. Yeah. Well, look, we, I've been doing this a long time. You know, I've been, uh, and, and, you know, um, real traders don't always make money. You know, uh, real traders are going to, you know, tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly because they all exist. Um, I've not, I'm doing this 20 plus years. I have not seen someone who makes money every week. It just, I haven't seen it. Um, and we, and we've been, you know, on the other side of the fence for tens of thousands of traders. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's disingenuous. I think that, um, it's not real. And I think it gives people a false sense of security, um, in, in what it is they're doing. And not only that, you know, there are paper trading platforms out there that are very easy to copy paste P and L's and stuff like that. So buyer beware on anything that's posted on the internet as, you know, where people are touting, um, you know, ridiculous profits. If that can't be verified, then I would, you know, keep that at arm's length. Mm-hmm. Um, my, one, one main que- my second main question is, see, actually, Stephen was kind of filling me in a couple weeks ago, and that's why I was like, hey, let's get Dan on. Can you, you know, again, this is, you know, this is kind of, I'm learning this stuff along with, with the listener. Can you explain like the fee structure and the auction type idea? Because I, again, yes. I, I admit I'm a little naive. I did not right. realize, which is exciting, but, but if you couldn't you kind of explain this a little bit. Sure. So, so the, the locating product that we built is kind of like a level two. Uh, if you're familiar with looking at a level two window, it's set up like an, like an auction, right? So, so the best ask price is the institution and or trader that is looking to sell the stock at the cheapest price. So in the level two window, when you're looking at the best ask price, let's say the stock is 10 by 1001, right? That means at 1001, if we're looking at it, we can buy at 1001, there is someone selling at 1001. If there's only one person there selling 100 shares at 1001, and then the next best price at 1002, if we bought 100 shares at 1001, the stock would now go to 1002. And we would now be interacting with the person at 1002 because why would we pay 1003 if we could buy from the guy at 1002? So in that same methodology, we've created a, an auction-like marketplace where the vendor that we're going out to, to source a share for shorting, we're going to display to the user the, the liquidity of the vendor who has the best price. Okay. When, when we deplete that supply we now are showing the next best price and, fo- and so forth and so on. Now, there are obviously, it's not just, a, it's not linear, right? There could be supply coming in. We're not the only customer to these vendors. Right. So if they say that they have, you know, 10,000 shares and then all of a sudden one of our guys buys 100 and now they're gone, that means that 
they must have sold the 9,900 somewhere else. Right. So the idea of us creating a sort of competitive marketplace is just that because a vendor knows, hey, I got a half a million shares of this stock. Trade Zero keeps asking me for a price. I return it to them and then they're not taking it. Why? Yep. Well, because you're not the cheapest price. So if you want to sell those shares, lower your price because now you're going to jump to the head of the line and now that's going to be the one that we're debiting. Yep. So this is great. It creates fairness. However, we do have a, a, a piece of this that doesn't look great for us. As I led this, this conversation, I told you guys that you know, what was most important, what keeps me up at night, is ensuring that we have shares on anything that you want to show. Now, inevitably, um, as maybe as out of, out of a byproduct of us doing our job well, we are depleting the liquidity in the first seven vendors. And then what we're left with is the, the vendor who, who, whose business model, I believe, is to just sit as the last price because they know. Like, 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 a, like a level two when you got, you, you got the, the ask at $9,999. Yes. Yo, yo, nobody's taking you know, that ask. Yeah. Here's my dilemma. <laughs> right? Do we show the client the $9,000 or do we show them we have no shares? Okay, yep. You know what I'm saying? So optically, many times we look like, we don't look great because we're in that situation, right? Thank you. So, see, see that that th- well done, by the way. Thank you. This is this is uh, because that's you know Stephen. You know Stephen's had several head injuries through the years. He was explaining it to me, and I, just I explained wasn't, it perfect. I, I wasn't. I whatever. So so now I because he was mentioning how the price yeah. would fluctuate, and, now, where, and and I didn't know you did. Okay, now I get why. And now, so we have all the vendors, and now let's say Stephen located 100 XYZ. He shorted, covered. He made 100 bucks. Great. Now he wants to mark his locate for credit. When he hits that button, he jumps to the front of the line ahead of all of the vendors, so that the next person who's taking inventory will be it will be revended from Stephen rather than us going out to a vendor and get taking more shares, where he's able to monetize what he brought in and the, and the end user is now, you know, re repatriating, reusing the locate that we already brought in and paid for. So it's, it's the way we built it is, is really just like a, like a, you know, a, the way a level two would work uh, and any liquidity that we, we call it internal inventory. Whereas if any of our users want to want to sell a locate that obviously goes to the front of the book and if there are multiple, it goes in, you know, first come, first in, first out. I'll tell you what, this makes me want to short stocks again. And I'll, I'll open up an account. I'll, 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 I think, you know, I owe that to you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, listen, flat out, you know, I go back again, you know, I started in 2007 yeah. and, and back then, all you know that was the you know, I started learning from Tim Sykes back then. Right. All all we did, you know, in penny stock land mm-hmm. was short penny stocks. Yep. But it was I mean hours a day of work yes. looking for locates. And you know, and we we talked about Robin Hood's onboarding process. You I mean you're open you open a brokerage account in 2008. It was like two weeks, you know. Right. Uh, right. or, or, you know, and they'd be, you know, and, and, and then you'd ace, you know, and sending the money and moving around. And it just got to the point where it was so annoying, 
Yes. And then, and then we get to, you know, 2016 is kind of where I started seeing these squeezes start happening. And I'm like, well, listen, I can, I can trade the same stocks I was trading back then. I can just look for these different indicators and I don't have to spend hours looking for a broker and, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is, I'm, I'll definitely open an account. This is exciting. We have Steve now and Daniel to thank everybody that Tim is going back to the dark side. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe if Steven didn't have that terrible accent, I would have understood what he was telling me for the last four years. I've done 200 podcasts with this guy and I still don't even know what he's talking about. I just smile and nod for an hour. Uh, no, but it, it's a great report, man. I'll come anytime. Let me know when you want me to hang out. I'm in. But, uh, but look, I mean, the way, the way I see it is because um, I've used Trade Zero for years and years. Like I've been an affiliate with them for a bit now as well. And if you're international, you can, you can short stocks with a $500 account. Like, it's pretty awesome. You can't do that anywhere else. You can't do that with your center point. You can't do that with your speed trader or Cobra. You can't. You need like 30K. But international, you can do it with 500 bucks. And then for the American and audience. The US is just 2,500 is the minimum. Okay. You can't really day trade. Uh, with the US, it's only 2,500. But it's 2,500 is the minimum. In the US, you need 2,000 to maintain a margin account. Yeah. So 2,500 is the firm minimum, you know, giving you a little bit of a cushion over the two. Uh, but so, you're stuck under the stuck under the PDT, obviously. But, right. Uh, yes. Subject so, to PDT. So Tim, if you, you want to sign up with Trade Zero, I can I can give you some tips. I'm not you using your affiliate again. link. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, send me your affiliate link. I want I want you to get the I want you to get it. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan, do you think they'll ever change the PDT? Uh, In one way, I hope so. In one way, I don't. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just I, I see them getting more egregious with this stuff, honestly. I yeah. Who knows? I wouldn't I have seen it coming, to be honest with you. So do you guys have uh, any other final questions? Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 yeah. Last kind of last question for me. I mean, again, you've been in this for I think you said 20 plus years, maybe longer. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, we talk about this a lot and, and just how wild. You know, I felt the shift in 2016 and then it's like 2020. We obviously went vertical with the shutdown and stimulus checks and sports betting. I mean, do you uh, just just your opinion in being in this this long? Is this is this the new normal? Do you think it's ever going to slow down? I mean, what do you expect for 2021 NBA? I think we have another seven or eight month run in us. I think that once spring rolls around the end of spring and the vaccinations are kind of perpetuating through society. I know for my own like mindset, my, I, like I'm looking to freaking go. I don't know where I'm looking to go, but I'm going to. And so I think that Me oh, and you, I, I, I think a lot of people are just, I, I, I don't know if it's the new normal. I think there's going to be a lot more people who are now, who've been exposed to the market, who are now, uh, you know, keeping this sort of in their back pocket as, as a, as a vehicle and as a tool. Uh, I don't know if the, you know, the, the all day day trading is going to persist once like life starts opening back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's in one way I, I kind of hope it does, but, but as a person, I, you know, I want life back and normalcy <laughs> back, and, and we'll take whatever that brings with it. Believe exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> Kim. You know, I, I think this has just been an eye opening conversation and again, just reiterates like just how many you're just an amazing person, an amazing human oh, being. Fun. Yeah. And <laughs> just like love that you created something that 
the marketplace wasn't providing. Yeah. And that is just, you know, that's entrepreneurship at its best. And uh, just seeing a need, meeting that need and, you know, being decent about it. It's just, you know, it's what it's all about in my book. So it's really nice to meet you and open my eyes to understand more about shorting because, you know, awesome. of course, Stephen has been whispering in my ear that that's the way oh, I you didn't understand go. what I was saying. <laughs> just, just nothing. No, actually, that's a great point, Kim. And, and again, me as a number one as an entrepreneur, but also as a dork, you know, I'm an old school yeah. technology guy. Yeah. I mean, I just respect the fact that you were like, here's this inefficiency and let's yes. fix that with technology. Now, yeah. was that was that your idea or was that like, yeah. cus- was, the, was it like customers kept asking or, do, or were you like frustrated with the system? I mean, kind of what brought about that whole locate system? Great question. So we had, um, so we have a patent pending on this innovation. Oh, nice. Awesome. awesome. I am yeah. one of the inventors myself and a guy named John Caruso, who's one of our developers. So we, we were talking about where this came out of was we had, um, we had sold a big locate to a customer that went all in. And within freaking two minutes, I think he lost like 120 grand. And now we had this 30,000 share locate that we paid for, he paid for. There was no more availability anywhere for this freaking stock. So I called the desk and I'm like, hey, Mr. Smith blew up all his money. Uh, can we use this again? <laughs> it's legal. Yeah, we gave it to your MPID. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. So, that, so now you've got an asset. You've got out an asset. Of the, yes. Out of the use, out of the use case of recycling what someone couldn't use anymore. Um, you know, in the context of just because they can't use it, that doesn't really matter. We're talking about just recycling it to someone else. Right. Legal opinion, you know, um, you know, just just putting the, the legal opinion in place for this, there is no precedent. Because no one has, has, been, has ever done this right. as, a, as a business process. They may have done it inadvertently, right. but right. they've never done it as an identified business process. And so, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But, I, tell, but I mean, I, no, no bullshit. I got like, like goosebumps because what, <laughs> what, what I'm thinking about is I'm like putting what you just said together. I'm like, you know, the market slows down. Mm-hmm. We got all these noobs. And all of a sudden, these stocks quit running all day long. And, right. I, and that's what, I mean, I still got, and I'm like, oh, 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 come spring, just like Dan said, you know, so, cause, cause that, I mean, and cause that's what it was like. And I, you know, and when I talked to Steven, I'm like back in, back in the day, yes. you know, all these stocks failed. I mean, Steven's talking about a 66% rate. I remember back in the day, it was like 95% right. rate, you know, uh-huh. and it's just like, man, let's, let's, let's let things quiet down. And then and I got my trade, then I got my trade zero account, my boy, Dan. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see with all the, you know, with the new retail, what we're calling it. You know, listen, since March, the market's done this, right. Um, and we're dealing with a lot of traders. So long, short, all good, but it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the new retail reacts to, a flat or more volatile or downtrending market because they, they haven't been exposed to that yet. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, I joke about the quote unquote dark days of penny stocks. It was like that 2012 to 2016 and just like nothing happened or stuff failed late day, failed, failed, failed. And that, you know, obviously we already talked about it, but back then it was like, I know this stock's going to die, but it was just this constant race to get a locate. 
Yes. And then and then you just sit there and you'd be like, you'd watch it and you're <laughs> right. like, well, smack in the face as it goes down and you yeah, get and feet. it's like, oh, right. and then and it's like you get up in the morning again and uh-huh. no, no shares, no shares, and you're like, oh. <laughs> But I mean, but I mean, how how crazy is it though that like, say I'm a more of a more modern generation trader than than you, Tim, but we face different problems. So like, your problem is the frustration of not getting a borrow. My problem is where's the top, and, and where's the backside because it's tough. It's yep. tough catching that backside. But what I'm hoping is come come the spring, when this volatility dies, you're gonna just have a, a shit ton of stocks of way too much. The volatility's gone. The borrows are there. That's where the money now. That's where the money now. There should be money later, but but I mean, uh, Dan, you've got an audience of like ten th- th- tens of thousands of traders. Um, it's a good opportunity for you to talk about who who was Trade Zero for and, and what can they get out of you and what's different from you and the next broker down the road, stuff like that. You're, you're, you're going to give like every steady trade lister like five years of free locates, right? Well, not quite. Right. We will give them options <laughs> as long as they want. We will give them commission-free trading. Uh, and uh, if they're someone in the U.S. who maintains an account of 50K or more, there's free platforms, there's 5% locate discounts. Beautiful. Um, you know, if you're someone who's trading somewhere else and you've had any of these frustrations that Tim has spoken about or, uh, or you're interested in getting into shorting, uh, you know, we feel like we're the place to go. It's It's a... It's a, we lead with the treatment of it. It's not just lip service. Uh, and we try and do things in a, you know, fair and equitable way. Uh, from, a, from a service standpoint, you can get us on the phone uh, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We answer the, we actually do answer the phone. And our website is staffed in a live chat 24-7. So if you have a question, concern, whatever, you're always going to get to a person. There are no bots that we have uh, working on the website. So, um, you know, we're happy to help. Uh, we have a bunch of free tools that uh, people can use to kind of get uh, get familiarized with what we do. And uh, if and when you did decide to open an account, uh, there are many platform choices ranging from, you know, our free web, free mobile onto Zero Pro, which is a monthly subscription. Um, but um, I, I think we have a, a piece of tech that would fit, you know, anyone's uh, trading style or needs. Uh, and like I said, if you're Long trader, we'd love to have you. If you're a short trader, we'd love to have you even more. There you have it. The man behind Trade Zero, the broker that got me profitable. And, and it was it was sketchy sometimes. I didn't think I was going to make it. And Tim did not. I didn't think anyone thought I was going to make it. So the broker, Oh, I always had Here we are. Yeah. The broker that got me profitable and the man behind the broker, Dan Pippidon, Trade Zero. Thank you. This is Steady Trades. This was awesome. Thanks, Dad. Dad, Dad, I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed this. And and again, man, it, uh, I mean, I would cancel Steven's affiliate because (laughs) he did a terrible, terrible job over the last year or so explaining to me what you guys were doing. So, (laughs) but, but I brought us all together, which is, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Well, yeah, thanks a lot, Dan. This was a blast. Tim, great to meet you. Tim, man, thank you so much for your time and Steven. Rock on, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. You too. Have a good day, man. Thank you.